You're listening to the Renew Life Church podcast. We hope this message inspires you and challenges you to become a true disciple of Jesus. To find out more about us, go to renewlifechurch.com. Thank you so much for joining us this morning and uh, obviously for praying. Uh, I I just am very honored to share with you. Will you turn with me? We're going to get there in just a moment. Will you go ahead and turn with me in your Bibles to James chapter 3? If you need to pull that up on your phone, you can do so. Uh, I'm going to read out of the New Living Translation in just a minute. Uh, But today I want to share, for a few moments, I want to share on the power of your words the power of your words. We say a lot of words a day, and the title of the message is, What You Say Matters. What you say, it matters. Did you know that on the average, the average person speaks 7,000 to 20,000 words every single day? Now, I said average because I know that there's some people in the room that are above average, (laughs) right? Husbands, do not look at your wives. It will not go well for you. You just, just look ahead. Uh, Emily, she confessed that 20,000 is way below the norm for her. And so, but there are a lot of us, we say a lot of words every single day. And the average person on the low end of the spectrum spends 18 minutes a day speaking. And on the high end, 180 minutes every single day talking. On the high end, if you have a child that's between ages three and six, you can expect for those numbers to triple in your household. That's what we're experiencing with Griffin. She's six, and she just talks when she's awake and when she's asleep. Seriously, she talks in her sleep all the time, too. I'm like, you're way over 20,000. You're saying 20,000 while you're sleeping. Uh, We say a lot of words every single day of our lives, and And the thing is that some of our words are empty words, and then some of our words are very purposeful words. But no matter what, we need to understand that one thing about our words is that once that word is said, you actually can never take that word back. In fact, I was reading a quote, and this quote said, be careful with your words, because once they are said, they can only be forgiven, but not forgotten. Only forgiven, not forgotten. I also read one that said, words are free. It's how you use them that may cost you. It's how you use them that may cost you. Words are very powerful. So in James chapter 3, verses 2 through 12, we're going to read this. It says, indeed, we all make many mistakes. Amen. (laughs) For if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control our lives in every other way. We can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth, and a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even through winds, uh, even through the winds, even though the winds are strong. Reading's hard sometimes. Uh, in the same way, we all make many mistakes, right? So reading is tough, it's fine. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches. Grand speeches, but a tiny spark can set a forest on fire. And among all the parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire. It is a whole world of wickedness, corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire, for it is self, for it is set on fire itself. By, I'm sorry, on fire by hell itself. 
People can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and fish, but no one can tame the tongue. It is restless and evil, full of deadly poison. Verse nine, sometimes it praises our Lord and Father and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. And so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. Does a spring of water bubble up with both fresh and bitter water? And does a fig tree produce olives or a grape vine produce figs? No. And you, can, you can't draw fresh water from a salty spring. A lot of words. I wanna share three tips today that I believe will help us consider the things that come out of our mouths before we say them. And today I'm sharing tips, not points, because in this area we need tips, right? Jesus is like, y'all need help, so follow me for more tips. And so I'm gonna give you three, I'm gonna give you three tips today that I believe will help as it pertains to uh, us thinking through what we're going to say before we say it. So will you pray with me, and we'll dive into this. Father, I thank you for every person in the room, and uh, I just bless them. I thank you that you're here with us. Holy Spirit, you're, you're a God that is amongst your people. You're a living God, and so I just ask that the living God would anoint my lips and also anoint their ears, that we would grow in unison together, that we would actually partake in the things that you're freely giving to us through your word and through the life of your son Jesus, that we wouldn't come into a room like this and be presented with the word that is able to change our lives and leave it and not even partake in it. So I pray that you would give us eyes to see, that you would open our eyes and that you would give us ears to hear, that you would open our ears that we might see you and hear you in a brand new way. We thank you for your power, Thank you for your presence, and we receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. By a show of hands, how many of you in the room have ever got yourself in trouble with the words that you said? Every man that is married should have his hand raised. (laughs) Even the ones that were married yesterday, because you probably already did something. Like, She said, what does this dress look like on me? And you said, good, that was not the right answer. It's actually supposed to be great. We constantly are saying things that we probably should think twice about saying. We've all been in situations like Ralphie was in the Christmas story, y'all remember this? If you haven't seen the Christmas story, first, it's good that you're at church, you can get saved. And then second, you should watch it even though it's out of season because the Christmas story is one of the best movies ever. But in this moment, Ralphie helps his dad change the tire on the car. And all of a sudden, while he's helping, he trips and he knocks over the hubcap that has all of the lug nuts. And Ralphie says this, oh, fudge, but he doesn't say fudge. And we've all been in that position before. In fact, most of the time, our words are a reaction to something that happened. And if your mom was like, my mom, when you had a reaction to something that happened and it was, oh, fudge, but you didn't say fudge, you supernaturally were gifted with the ability to fly across the room because you got slapped into the next week is what she used to call it. I have anybody that can testify of one of those kind of moms. Yeah, we've all been in these situations where words caused some sort of pain in our lives. Or maybe you're uh, like me, uh, guys, you're like me, and you say things that you shouldn't say. Like, they're, you think that they're educated, but they're not. Like, at the age of almost 40, you tell your buddies, like, I bet you I could beat you in a foot race. 
And then you've got your friends are like my friends and they're like, oh, I'll race you right now. And as you limp back to where you started from, you're wishing that you would have never said the words that you said because you're not what you used to be at one point in time in your life. Words create pain and sometimes we have to think through them before we ever even say them. And I know I'm having a little bit of fun with this, but I want you to understand that words matter. And what you say really, really matters. And so I'm gonna share these three tips with you. And tip number one is this. Ask yourself this question before you speak. Why do I need to say this? Why do I need to say what I'm about to say? For what purpose do I need to say this? Uh, in the text that we read in Luke chapter, I mean James chapter three, verse nine, he said that when he was speaking of our tongue, he says sometimes it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those that have been made in the image of God. And I think in order to answer the question of why do I need to say this, I think first we need to ask ourselves this. Does me saying my piece in this conversation, does it validate me or does it hide me? Does it validate me or does it hide me? And I wanna explain it like this. If I deal with insecurity, if I deal with hurt, if I deal with uh, uh, rejection or offense or pride, in any given area, and someone slightly touches that area in a conversation, I'm most likely going to respond with something that either gets them to validate the way that I feel, or I'm gonna say something that's aggressive enough to shut them down so that they stop touching the thing that I'm afraid of having exposed in my life. We, we steer conversations, we manipulate conversations, we use really, really aggressive words sometimes, either because we need someone to see our pain or our hurt and say, you know what, I understand, or we're trying to back them off of what they're pressing on so that hopefully that thing in us isn't exposed before we're ready for it to be exposed. I think that as I speak, it feels like I'm the only one in the room that deals with that kind of stuff, but I could be wrong. Uh, the longer insecurity and hurt and offense and pride stays hidden in our lives, and the longer it's validated and not exposed, the more in control a person thinks that they are. And every bit of insecurity, every bit of hurt, every bit of offense or, or pride, we, we navigate those things by, by always feeling like we actually have the control. We have the control in what we do, we have the control in what we say, we have the control in where we will let a conversation go because the thing about it is, is that words are powerful, right? It says that life and death is in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat of its fruits. So when you have powerful words at your disposal and you need to feel control, then you use words that are powerful to get someone to break or someone to submit to what you're saying and you get your desired outcome and then you walk away feeling more powerful than the way that you walked in. And that is what insecurity and pride does over and over and over. It keeps you in the position of control and power so that you're either validated or you stay in a place of being hidden. So oftentimes we use words to bless and we use words to curse because ultimately what we really want is we want to be able to control. Once we've got this understanding that our words are being used to either 
hide or to be validated. And once we've started a journey of going on this, this path, this, this journey of discovering insecurity or discovering hurts or discovering and talking about our offenses and talking about our prides, we should be able to pause long enough to ask the question, do I need to say this? And once we pause long enough, what we will discover is, am what I'm about to say add value to this conversation or is it about to cost me in this conversation? Because that, those two things are going to happen in everything that you say. You're either going to add value or you're gonna cost yourself something. Or you're gonna cost the other person that you're communicating with something. It might be that you costed that person's trust. It might be that you costed that person's hope. It may be that what costed you is the entire relationship as a whole. But what you say, it really, really matters. Tip number two, just because it's the truth doesn't mean you have to say it. Oh, now I'm talking about people. <laughs> Just because it is the truth doesn't mean that you have to say it. You have to gauge and you have to know your audience. If you know that the person that you're communicating with, and I'm speaking to communicators, right, because we just discovered that the average person says seven to 20,000 words per day. So we're all communicators. If you're a parent, you're a communicator. If you have a job, you're a communicator. If you're living and breathing, you are communicating in some capacity. And so if you are communicating to a person and you know, you know, that they can't handle what you're about to say, my advice to you is just don't say that. Super profound, right? Super easy to follow. Because you need to understand this. If you know the person can't handle what you're about to say, and you say it anyways, then as the communicator in this relationship, you are more responsible, you are more responsible for the misuse of information than they are responsible for the misunderstanding or misuse of the information that you just gave them. It is the definition, in my opinion, of Matthew chapter seven, verse six. Don't give what is holy to the dogs, nor cast your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn, you, turn and tear you into pieces. What I'm not saying is that you are dogs, and what I'm not saying to the people that you're communicating with are dogs, or that they're even pigs. You're way better than that, believe me. What I'm saying is, is that when you have truth, understand the crowd, understand the audience, and make sure that you're making a wise decision with the truth, that you're not giving it away to someone who has no idea what to do with it. Because when you do, and you communicate beyond what they're able to even understand, now you've given something away to them, expecting them to know what to do with it, and when they come back to you and you have another conversation, this could be your kids, this could be your wife, this could be a coworker, this could be somebody that you're helping along the way, when they come back to you and you have the conversation, hey, how did that thing go that I told you to do? Well, I didn't do it. All of a sudden, your expectation that you outlined has not been met, and now your perception of that person has been changed forever all because you should have had the wisdom to say, I know they can't take this and I should probably zip it. When you share and overshare information or even revelation from God or whatever that is, it could be something that's spiritual, it could be something that is natural. When you overshare that, 
you're actually more responsible for the misuse of information than they are because you didn't give them the tools and equip them to actually walk in the thing that you shared. Y'all follow me? We have to be very, very wise in how we choose our words and how we communicate. Uh, it's very, very important that you understand that your diet is not everybody's diet. And some of you in the room, you're, you're more mature in life. I'm not calling you old. It's not what I said. Don't put words in my mouth. You're more mature. You are more mature in the things of the word. You're more mature in the supernatural workings of, of God. You're, you're more advanced, you're further along in a lot of things. And what you need to understand is what you're feeding on might be more than what they're even developed to be able to digest. It's the same thing as this. I didn't give my baby Collins when she was a baby, I didn't put before her a 12 ounce bone in, medium rare cooked, because that's the way you eat them and if you don't, sorry about your bad luck. I didn't put that in front of her and say, if you're hungry, eat. That would be a mistake on my part. No, I actually gave her what she could take at the time. And we have to do this as we communicate with the people in the world around us. Parents, this is especially true for us that have kids. Pay attention to what you're communicating to your kids, especially when you're frustrated or angry. And what I'm not saying is, I am not telling you that you shouldn't communicate when you're frustrated. And I'm not telling you that you shouldn't communicate to your kids when you're angry. I'm telling you that when you're frustrated and when you're angry and you do communicate to your kids, make sure that you're not projecting shame on your kids. It is totally fine to, dis to discipline. It is totally fine to correct them. It is totally fine to punish them. But you need to understand this. As kids, what they're hearing, if it is beyond their level of comprehension, and it is beyond what they even know how to respond to, all they're hearing is your tone, which is frustrated or mad. And if you're not careful, and that is the thing, and that is the cycle, your kids will approach you from the position of mom or dad is always frustrated or mad when they communicate to me, so I have to approach them as if now I'm on bad terms with them, and do I still have a place here? We have to pay attention to how we're choosing to release our words. Yes, communicate when there is emotion involved. Sometimes emotion just helps you get your point across. Just don't create shame. Amen? Don't be responsible for someone's ungodly belief about themselves in your communication. Don't let something come out of your mouth that God would never say about them and now they believe something about themselves that is not true because you didn't have the wisdom to bite your tongue. Amen. I'm having fun, are y'all? So funny how kids process things. This kind of pertains and is kind of funny, but Griffin, she's our six-year-old, and she, she's the one that I said talks in her sleep. And she, she's always, she's just chatty. She builds friends, relationships. All of the time is this who she is. And so one day after class, uh, one of our elementary teachers caught Stacy in the hall, and he's like, hey, just so you know, Griffin's probably gonna tell you that I got onto her today because she, she was just talking excessively and she just was chatting it up and so I went to her and I told her, Griffin, you need to understand like you're, you're a leader. 
You're a leader, and the kids are following you. So whatever you do, they're gonna follow what you do. And so I need you to, to pay attention when it's time to pay attention, not talk when it's time to listen, all of these things. And so he tells Stacy these things, and so they get in the car to go home, and Stacy goes, hey, Griffey, I, I heard that, that one of your teachers talked to you today. She's like, oh, yeah. She's like, so you got in trouble? She's like, oh, no, he just told me I'm a leader. <laughs> I'm like... They either process emotion or they hear what they want to hear. I think actually what's happening is they're ruling us and we're just kind of along for the ride. <laughs> just kidding. But honestly, though, what you need to know your audience and what you say, it matters. Uh, tip number three. This one's fun, too. If you don't want to hear about it later, don't say it now. Matthew chapter 12, 33 through 37 he says, a tree is identified by its fruit. If a tree is good, its fruit will be good. If a tree is bad, its fruit will be bad. You brood of snakes, in this moment, he was, Jesus was talking to the scribes and Pharisees. He said, how can an evil man like you speak what is good and right? For whatever is in your heart determines what you say. Some of us would know that uh, out of the New King James Version of, out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth will speak. Uh, he says in verse 35, a good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart, and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. Verse 36, and I tell you this, you must give an account on judgment day for every idle word that you speak. The words you say will either acquit or condemn you. This seems like some very harsh uh, language, some harsh words from Jesus, but Jesus is serious about the words that we use. If you go back to Genesis chapter one, we, we see 14 of the 31 verses in Genesis chapter one. They either have the phrase God said or the phrase God called within them. 14 of the 31, that's 45%. So we understand that God created and God spoke and God called a lot of things into existence. But then what God did in Genesis 1, chapter 26 and 27, it says, then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let them have dominion over the, the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female for another time maybe, he created them. So God uses his words to create all of these, th all these things. Then he creates us, he creates man and female. Man, uh, and, and then he says, I'm gonna create you in my likeness and in my image. In other words, the things that are like me are the things that I'm putting in you. If I used my words, you're gonna get to use your words. And then in Genesis chapter two, Verse 19, it says that God brings every creature in front of Adam to see what Adam would call them. Instantly, God gave Adam this opportunity to use his new God-given authority to name things and give identity to things. And what you need to understand this morning is that the things that you say and the names that you use for people if you aren't careful, you are identifying them maybe as something that God is not identifying them as. 
He gave us this creative ability, this authority to use our words to build things, not to destroy things. Our words more oftentimes should be building things rather than tearing things apart. I believe that for this reason, this is why Jesus is so strict when it comes to even the words that he used in Matthew that you would be held accountable for every idle word that you spoke because the words that you speak, they should confirm what is in your heart and who rules over your heart, speaking of Jesus. And the words that you release out of your mouth should be painting a picture of the goodness and the character and the nature of the Father to the people that are around you. He said in, in, in James chapter three, the very first scripture that we, that we read, verse nine and 10, he said, Sometimes the tongue praises the Lord our Father and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. It's that old saying, do you kiss your mama with those lips? I think it applies right here. And so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely my brothers and sisters, this should not be so. We have to be able to choose, are we going to release a word that blesses or are we going to Use the word that brings a curse on someone's life. You have power on the tip of your tongue. I wanna encourage you in this. Just be nice in the way that you talk. You're like, that's so hard. It's actually not hard. You're gonna have an opportunity when you leave here and you go to lunch to put this into, into motion. It's really simple. You walk up to someone and you say, hey, how are you? It's a question, and if you present it like that, it's a nice question. How's your day going? That's also something that is nice. I'm giving you pointers. There are more tips, like I'm full of tips today. How are you? Hey, thank you so much for the way that you served me. Your, your especially guy is gonna be tested when your service is not good. It's like when things violate us, it's like, oh, that's, that's my moment. That's my right to actually come off of my Jesus, uh, my Jesus life, and I get to start speaking the real truth. There is no truth other than the fact that God loves everyone the same, right? And so I'm just challenging you in this. Make sure that you're watching what you say because your words actually matter. And are you representing Jesus and are you painting a picture of who he is and his love for people with the way that you communicate to them? Because now more than ever in our world and in our society, people need to understand that there is a greater one that wants to live on the inside of them. And if they're not seeing it from us, they're not gonna see it from anybody. We cannot leave it up to the rocks to worship God and we can't leave it up to someone else to actually represent Jesus in the way that he should be presented so that someone might come into the saving knowledge of his life for them too, amen? We have to change our words and we have to pay attention to how we're talking, amen? Thanks for listening. We hope you felt encouraged by today's message. If you need prayer or would like to connect with us, find us on social media or by going to renewlifechurch.com.